Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Your home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad. The Chicago Bears might win a game. I say might because they've lost 14 in a row and uh, we covered a football team on this station that couldn't win a home game for a long time. Even some, they looked like they were going to win. But I can tell you this, it's not yet halftime. The 0-4 Bears leading the 2-2 Commanders 27-3 on Thursday night football. Oilers on this station tomorrow. 5.30 face-off show. Game at 7, taking on the Seattle Kraken to end the regular season. And on Kissin' Country 103.9, Brendan Escott will sign on with the countdown to kickoff at 3.30. Game at 5, Elks at Toronto. Our broadcast crew in Toronto, Morley Scott and this gentleman, Dave Campbell. Hello, Dave. Evening from the big smoke. Is it smoky there? No. <laughs> okay. Cloudy. Uh, it's in the 20s. Well, it was anyway. Um, I, I, I think it's much warmer than it is in Edmonton, although it's nice to see the long-range forecast for the weekend in Edmonton. I'll be coming back to, like, late summer temperatures. It's awesome. Yeah, you're coming back to the good weather. Very windy here today, and it was quite windy uh, yesterday, as, as as you would know, but today was uh, very... When I was at this event uh, at the Londonderry School for the, the court unveiling, yeah, I... I put my toque on i'm like i'm not standing outside for an hour toqueless in this wind i need to have a toque good decision yes good decision. i'm a smart man uh yep. dick butkus has passed away at the age of 80 um he portrayed himself in the critically acclaimed tv movie brian's song he uh was in the original longest yard he was uh in johnny dangerously i'm just picking a two he was in gremlins 2 he was in any given sunday he uh, was on MacGyver. He had an appearance on Murder, She Wrote. And he was on a movie called Cry Onion, which I've never heard of. But Dick, Dick Butkus, uh, great linebacker for the Bears. And, and like I said, acted as well post-playing uh, post career. has passed away at the age of 80. He was a vicious linebacker. Like You just look at old footage of Dick Butkus, and you can probably find it on YouTube. He was... He was seek and destroy. He would attack the football. He would attack the ball carrier. Uh, he was uh, he was feared, and you know, along the lines of these great defenders in Chicago Bears history, with you know, Mike Singletary and Brian Urlacher, and, and uh, yeah, and, and you know, I always like when the ex athletes go into the in, into the into the Hollywood or the TV and movie sphere because. Uh, some of them are a little goofy. Dick Butkus was a little goofy, but uh, he was always entertaining. So, uh, yeah, big loss in the uh, in the sporting and entertainment world today, I would say. Yeah. Uh, more of the sporting world, but uh, yeah, Dick Butkus, man, he could he could ball, and he's he was 
the prototypical linebacker, so you can destroy. Yeah, that's a great way to put it for sure. All right, uh, and his Bears uh, perhaps inspired 27-3 leading Washington at the half. All right, will the Elks be inspired tomorrow? They have they have not gone away despite the uh, odds against them making the playoffs. Let's face it, even once they were 0-6, it was it was pretty yeah. bleak one-third of the way through the season. They go into Toronto tomorrow. Uh, we know the Elks are a different team than the first time they met, but we also know the Argos rarely lose. Um, i, I got to ask you this first. What did you make of the Argos not playing Chad Kelly last week against the Bombers, and now he's playing against the Elks? You know, it's, you know it, it was a bit of a downer just because you were looking forward to this, you know, Big time matchup, uh, you know, uh, first meeting since the Grey Cup last year. I don't call it a rematch because the winner isn't going to get the get the Grey Cup again. Uh, but still, you anticipate, you know, Zach Caleros and and Chad Kelly. And look, it's it, it's Ryan Dinwiddie's prerogative to manage his roster how he wants. And he's in he's in a tough spot. I mean, they wrapped up the East Division so fast and. Um, I believe from the time they wrapped up the East Division to the Eastern Final, there's a 52-day gap, and they had about what five, six games to play. You know, that's just the good old East Division, right? Um, I you know, look, the Argos are celebrating their 150th anniversary. There's going to be lots of guests here tomorrow. Uh, Ricky Ray, who was as good as as he was as a quarterback for Edmonton was just the same for the Toronto Argos. Um, you know, Mookie Mitchell, who's been a you know a guest on our show many times, uh, living in Edmonton, uh, played in Edmonton his last three seasons in the CFL, but you know he, he just lit it up as an Argo. Uh, Chad Owens is, is coming. And, you know, there's a lot of flavor, uh, double blue flavor on the uh, green and gold as well with, uh, with Chris Jones winning a great cup in 2012. He got, you know, a number of people. Jerry Jackson, who's the OC, he was the backup quarterback. Uh, so, you know, my, my point is, I think, I think Ryan Dinwiddie is also looking at, you know, the, the, uh, the PR side of it and going, well, uh, I, I got to rest my guys at some point. I have to, uh, you know, I have to manage my roster, but Hey, look on the calendar. It's our 150th anniversary. And I think it's probably, he's probably well served to dress his full lineup. So I don't envy him because he's got a lot of work to do as far as uh, the rest and how he manages it and, and to, you know, and the hard part is how do you make every week meaningful for your for your club? And I think that's what he has to do is kind of spark some, you know, meaningful gains from some certain individuals that are going to provide a spark, like Cameron Dukes did a quarterback last week for the Bombers. But I think there's enough juice tomorrow when he dresses the full lineup for a big celebration uh, for, you know, 150 years for the double blue. All right. Well, and this is a, a very tough opponent. They've only lost two games. Um, I, I mean, certainly Toronto, Winnipeg, and BC have separated as the three best teams in the league this year. W- when you've seen the Argos, uh, like what what specifically is there? One or two things that's really allowed them to separate and be as successful as they have been? Well, I think a couple of things. Uh, I think on offense, you know, they don't have the flashiest offense. Uh, in the league, but boy, when they want to really push the push the envelope with the big play, they they can do it. Chad Kelly is a big play quarterback. I mean, I don't think the red zone numbers are all that good, but they have so many touchdowns outside the red zone. 
that's the one thing that I that that I see. They're not the best rushing team in the league, but AJ Ouellette and along with Andrew Harris, you know, they find a way uh, to to in key moments to really hurt the opposition with a key run or two and 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 go into that that punishing power running mode. And but here's another area, Reed. Excellent, and that is turnover ratio. They're number one in the league in turnovers, plus 18. That is 11. Uh, that that's plus 11 more than Montreal, who's at plus seven. And if you compare that to the Elks, they're minus 10. They're number they're number eight in the league. The Riders are the only team that's worse than them in turnover ratio at minus 13. That is a huge area as well. Uh, they've turned the ball over. They've kept the ball clean. And there's a guy by the name of Javon Leak who has been sensational in the return game, uh, almost 1,000 yards in return yards to lead the league. He's got 15-and-a-half-yard average, and he's got four punt return touchdowns, which is an Argos record. And he's one off the, the league record, which is held by – by uh, Henry the Gizmo Williams and Chris Williams. So, you know, special teams play has been really good. Their offense has been timely as far as the big plays. Uh, they, 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 when they need them, they get them, right? And they, they turn the ball over at, at, a, at an excellent rate. So uh, I think those three areas really come to mind when I think of the Argos and why they're 12-2. and 7-0 at home is pretty good, too. Uh, uh, yes, that's not bad. From an Elk standpoint... Uh, tell me about some key changes that they're making, and I guess a couple of those are, uh, as they often are, forced by injury. Yeah, absolutely. There's five players that have hit the one-game injury list. Now, two, I believe, are out for the season. Uh, Marcus Lewis, uh, one of their corners in the secondary, out with a calf injury. So we're going to see Donovan Alumba, who we haven't seen in almost a year, tore his spec in the offseason, went on the retired list and has worked his way back the last three weeks. So he gets on the active roster and he'll start at the one corner spot. Scott Hunter, their best special teams player and pretty decent safety as well, uh, hurt his shoulder in the uh, loss to the Lions. So he's out for the season as well. And then you got uh, Niles Morgan, who you know arguably is their best defender, hamstring injury. So uh, Tony Jones is going to start at middle linebacker. I like Tony Jones. I think he, uh, I don't think he get much of a drop off from uh, Morgan to Tony Jones. And uh, what else is going on here? Oh, Sam Atchipong, uh growing injury uh, that happened in day three. So he hurt his growing. So that was a late injury uh, along the D line. And then you know, Jamin Pelly's had quite the year for a number of reasons. Um, you know, um, you know, personal side injury wise, he had appendicitis. I believe on Friday. So he had the surgery and um, he's not going to play. Now all these players are on the one game injury list. As I mentioned, I believe Hutter and, and, and Lewis are out for the year. I think, you know, Jamin Pelly could be in that boat as well. Uh, Enoch McConzo comes back. He's going to slap or uh, go right into their, their step right in rather into the Sam linebacker spot, which is pretty impressive because we haven't seen him since June 25th against the Argos at home. And uh, usually you need a, you know, maybe a week or two of practice before you get back in your spot, but he's right back in. Uh, second leading tackler as a rookie last year uh, uh, on, on the Elks. And uh, what else is going on? Oh, yeah, two special teamers are coming back. Uh, uh, one is uh, Jeremy Dominique, and the other is Jordan Reeves. So uh, it's, a, it's a busy, busy, busy roster as far as changes go. And sadly, injuries is a part of that. It's tough to be injured at this time of year because quite often, Reed, you're injured this late in the year, you're done for the season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, I have not yet asked you about Trey Ford. Nick? negligent of me (laughs) like the lions got to him a couple weeks ago that to me that was the first team with enough speed on defense 
to really contain him and and take away his scrambles and take away his ability to find receivers down the field. Uh, what do you what? I don't I don't know if the Argos defense is that quick, but what do you look for from him tomorrow? Yeah, I, I think for him, you know, in talking with. Uh, Jarius Jackson, offensive coordinator. I don't think he's too thrown by what the Lions did. I think, you know, kudos, respect to them. And they have probably the speediest defensive backcourt in the league. And I think you made a key point. Can the Argos play the same? Uh, I think a lot of their speed comes from their linebacking core with the likes of Whit McManus and, and Jordan Williams and, uh, and Adarius Pickett. Um, but you know what? Hey, they, you know, they might have created a bit of a template. The Lions did. But you know, also Trey Fortin has to trust his eyes a little bit better. And he also has to trust the, you know, he has, has to trust what he, what he, uh, or, or, or execute what brought him to the dance, man. I mean, there were times where, uh, I was talking to Chris Jones earlier today, or there were times where he could have hit the corner, uh, but he decided to stay kind of stationary and, and make a throw. It's like all of a sudden he wanted to prove that he could throw the football when at his highest success or at the highest success that we have seen so far. Tree Ford knows when to take off and hurt defenses with his legs. So it's just kind of just getting back to basics and just, you know, trusting his eyes, trusting what's around him, and trusting the fact that, yeah, you can throw the football, but you also can hurt defenses with your legs. So, um, I, you know, I'm not too worried about it. I, I think at some point this was going to happen to Trey Ford. Now it's about how they respond. One thing that kind of bugs me a little bit, and, and I talked to both Chris Jones and Jerry Jackson about it, is it a problem that Geno Lewis only has seven targets in the last two games? Right. Now, they've, they've been some key catches, especially the game in Saskatchewan, but, you know, the response was, I expected this, is no, that's just the way it goes. We don't want to try and force the ball into into one receiver. But the key is for this, this offense is they want to get back to being a run-first offense, even though Kevin Brown had, you know, the Lions made him look very, very ordinary. But as Jerry Shaxon told me this week, we're a run-first team because I believe my quarterback should not be in the pocket making 9 million decisions. So he wants to make it simple for Trey Ford, but we'll see. I mean, the Argos are the number one run defense in the league. So uh, so pretty pretty cool matchup. you got the number one rush team in the league against the number one rush defense. Let's see who plays it, who, who, uh, how this plays out and who comes out on top. All right, Dave. Uh, thanks for doing this. I know you had to. I know you got up uh, early Edmonton time, and it's uh, late in Toronto. So I appreciate this, but looking forward to. I'll still be able to watch uh, most of the game here, leading up to the Oilers game against Seattle. So uh, hopefully, the Elks give the Argos a good one tomorrow night, man. Well, big game tomorrow for the Elks, and uh, it'll be nice tomorrow with the uh, game. You know, with the game against uh, Seattle at home, because. That's it for preseason. Let's get the let's get the puck dropped on Wednesday the eleventh, man. Let's get it going. <laughs> That's what a lot of people are saying. Okay, and happy Thanksgiving if I don't talk to you. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Dave Campbell from Toronto. So he and Morley Scott in Toronto to uh, call the game tomorrow. Brandon Escott will host the coverage. It's on Kissin' Country 103.9 starting at 3.30 in the game at 5. So uh, both our stations here in the building. We've got a couple other stations, but Kissin' and Shed got you covered for your Edmonton sports teams. All right, 780-496-0063. We will uh, do a little bit more on that uh, court I saw today and happy to hear from you as well. It's Inside Sports on Chet. The Inside Sports Scoreboard on 630 Ched is brought to you by Cougar Paint and Collision. Our family helping your family for over 40 years and counting.
You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. The name of the program. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. A minute and a half into the third quarter. Bears leading the Commanders 27-3. Thursday night football. No baseball today. The uh, All the wild card series were two-game sweeps. Uh, so they'll get going again here on the weekend. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Kellen Kennedy down the hallway. Kellen, how are you? Doing good. How about you, Wookie? I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you. What's going on? Any messages today? Yeah, a couple of quick ones here. Craig Texan wants to add that Dick Butkus also did uh, Shakespeare in New York. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, so, I'm going to look that up right now. That's cool. So back when before the before the Rock and before other professional athletes jumping over from you know professional athleticism over to movies, this guy was uh, at the front and center of it. So pretty cool. Uh, I I really appreciate that message. I just found an article. Now is this going to will this link work? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Sports Illustrated, September 21st, 1970. Cool. The headline in quotes, Nobody Thinks I Can Talk. It's about Dick Butkus, and uh, it must include his acting somewhere. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Who sent that in? That is from Craig. Okay, so yeah, it says that he cut a record of Shakespeare quotes last year. Wild. So that would have been crazy. That would have been I don't know if he, yeah, anyway. Well, that's cool. Thanks for that. <laughs> and uh, at, at risk of putting a wet blanket on a party here, this is uh, from Rudy, you texted in, who says that's his first line, at risk of putting a wet blanket on a party. <laughs> Whoever okay. gets the starting nod for the Oilers is redundant because the Oilers play Vancouver again in a couple of days' time after the season opener, so we'll see a different goalie anyways. Probably, yes. It probably will be one goal each. Fair enough. Uh, redundant or irrelevant? I uh, put down redundant. I think he meant irrelevant, but anyway. Redundant, not or no longer needed or useful. Ah, okay. So he probably meant irrelevant, but he put down redundant. That's okay. I know what he meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, fair enough. Bonus points for using a word we had to clarify the de- the definition of. <laughs> At seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I like how Campbell is played. If it's me. And just a reminder, it's not me. Uh, if it were me, if Campbell has a really good game tomorrow, I would actually start him in the first game and say, hey, man, you got the contract. You've done the work. Uh, you seem more confident. We, we, we know Skinner's ready to go. He's got the, the good attitude, too. I, I, I'd give it to Campbell if he has a really good game tomorrow. I, don't, I, don't, I think I'm probably in the minority there, but that's, that's what I would do. Okay. Uh, let's let's end the show with this interview. I was at that really positive event today at Londonderry School, the unveiling of the new basketball court from uh, Masai Ujiri's uh, organization, Giants of Africa, and I talked to a local basketball legend, former U of A Golden Bear, uh, now a teacher and a coach at Ross Shep, Andrew Parker. 40 long years, man. 40 long years my parents came to this country. Didn't have no relatives here. We had to start from scratch. 
came to the neighborhood, worked our butts off, and this court was our home for the longest time. So seeing this happen here in the beautiful city of Edmonton, City of Champions, it's a dream come true. So this was your home court as a little guy that led to the Golden Bears and all the great stuff you've done. We started on the streets, man. Um, you know, for a time it was hard for some of us because our game was so authentic. It was so unique. It was very inspired by the community, the culture, the block. So we played here mostly until we could break through that door and go and play some hardwood basketball for the Golden Bears. So, man, shout out to everybody playing the street ball court in Edmonton, west side, north side, south side. We love you, and this court is for all of us, not just north side. It's for everybody in the city of Edmonton. And, you know, Masai is going to be here, obviously. And just to have him and the Raptors connection and all that stuff, that's pretty incredible. I met Brother Masai last year. It was easily one of the most impactful conversations I've had in terms of basketball, in terms of education, in terms of community. Brother Masai is a real deal. Um, very, very professional. And I don't know why, but in my heart, I felt that he would he would be the person that would help our community. It took a giant from Africa to come and help us here on Turtle Island. So I'm blessed and I'm thankful for Brother Masai and everyone in the Raptors organization. And this is amazing because this is the, you, you walked by me earlier when I was on the radio and you said, first court in North America from Giants of Africa. Yeah, and think about that. Like, it took a real conversation with some members in the community and, of course, uh, Brother Masai. And we just explained that just across the street from this court, there are apartment buildings where a lot of newcomers come to Canada and they're trying to have a positive experience for themselves and their children. So what better way than having the best court in all of the nation inspired and supported by the Giants of Africa and Masai Ujiri. So it's a blessing. C-H-E-D Edmonton. Get your tech on and tell your smart speaker to play 630 Jack. Edmonton's News. Today's talk. A chorus entertainment radio station.